live from Hotburns and Black in southeast London, it's the Bear O'Clock Show. You're listening to You're listening to the to the Bear O'Clock the Bear O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Bear O'Clock Show. It's Bear O'Clock and this is the Bear O'Clock Show where every week we don't appear live in South London. <laughs> But this week we are. My name is Mark, and joining me, backstage, pass in hand, is everyone's favourite roadie, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's very weird to good. be sat next to you. <laughs> it is indeed. It's a very special show this week. It's very exciting. It is indeed. Yes. Is it, are you sure? Uh, no, this is my excited face. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we've got a lovely room full of lovely people, some of which we've met before, some of which we have not. And we've got a few beers to get through tonight. We are at Hot Burns and Black in South London. Is it Peckham or is it East Dulwich? Both. Both. Oh, see, that's how posh the shop is. Okay. <laughs> it's in two of them. Uh, we've got three beers to get through tonight. We've got some people to chit-chat to. And the first beer... Are we going to get into the first beer right now? Let's, let's get straight into the first beer, I think, yeah. It's the, first, the first beer is one that we've been banging on about a little bit, and you would have heard a little bit about it last week. It was on last week's show, yeah, and the special that we did with you, Brew, where it spoke all about um, the beer that we brewed and the brewing process that we went through. Yeah, so we have a 5.5% ABV white stout called Tastes Like Beer. So, we're getting some glasses here. Oh, here's my glass. Here's Steve's glass. Thank you. Are we going to get into this right now? Yes, let's um, let's let's get straight into the bill. We'll just wait for the uh, because we do have a, a live guest with us, uh, a live audience with us, uh, guests <laughs> plural um, this evening, and we're just making sure everyone's got a beer in their hand um, before we start tasting it. What we're going to do with each of the drinks tonight is um, we'll obviously go through our normal tasting notes, um, and then we'll have a quick chat with the guys that were involved in the brewing of the. The, the drinks as well and then we'll put some comments and questions out to the audience yeah so if you haven't listened to last week's show where we had our big Ubrew special this is the beer that we brewed with Ubrew Nick is here with us tonight we're going to have a chat with him in just a little bit shut the f- <laughs> um, but let's get into it mate because it's hot in here and I'm thirsty okay cheers right, cheers guys cheers guys now, that's the best beer that's ever been brewed. I think that is the best beer ever what do you think you can get you can get the bitterness I think I think you can. I, th- I think um, the smoothness is is in there as well that we were aiming for. There's there's a hint of the um, the coffee and the roasted flavours at the end. Um, quite a bit of um, some some light fruit flavours in there for me as well. Um, all balancing quite well to make a, a a quite enjoyable white stout. Now white stout's a particular thing. It's a peculiar thing. It is indeed. You don't hear about it very much. No. This is on t- on tapped, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So get tapping. Yep. We we have we have created it on on there because we are untapped freaks, um, um, and we have tapped it in already. Yes, because we are nerds, and we had to test it. I I really I, re- I really like this beer. Like I said, it's the best beer that's ever been brewed. Um, well, bear but, in mind it's the first beer that we've ever been involved in brewing. Um, I'm I'm fairly happy with the results. Yeah, you stirred that porridge pretty well. Yes. Yeah, and in fact, I did all the work, which Not all people the work. would have heard last week. Not all the work. <laughs> I I'm sure I poured something in. Some yeast yeah. at, at the end. Oh, yeah, I did the yeast. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, so lovely sweet notes in there. You, like you said, you get the hint of coffee at the very end. It kind of rounds off the taste. Very smooth. Not really not really thin tasting like a pale would be. This ha- ha- actually has some body to it, doesn't it? 
It, it does, and I think that's what we were aiming for when we um, came up with the idea. And you, you would have heard some of that chat in in last week's show. But um, obviously, Nick's here with us um, this evening, and we can we, we can question Nick a little bit more about um, the style. Might might be useful to do that now. Shall we do it now? Let's do it now, ladies and here. gentlemen. Nick. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome Hi. to the show. Is that Mike Reynolds? Uh, yep, that's you. Uh, <laughs> well, well, welcome, Nick. Um, thank you. Thanks. First, firstly, let's let's extend a, a thanks to to you, Brew, for um, allowing us to come down and play with your your, your, your toys <laughs> and and to jump around in your hop freezer for yeah, for a bit. Um, Nick, Nick, tell us um, about the style. Um, we presented you with a bit of a challenge when we first came up with this idea, Isn't didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the style is quite an obscure style. I can only think of a couple of people who tried to do it commercially. Uh, here in London, there was Anspach and Hobday, did a, um, a white coffee milk stout that was awesome. And then I can see over there on the shelves up there, there's a stone version called Master of Disguise. And there's one other version that uh, I've forgotten, but I did look up before I came here as part of my research. But yeah, so it's not something that many people have really tried outside, you know, in the sort of commercial sphere. It's not something that you can really get in many places. Um, mainly because it's kind of, it, well, it's quite an obscure thing to try and do, try and make a blonde stout, a white stout. So obviously stouts are characterised by a lot of sort of roasted grains, that gives you that colour, gives you those roasty flavours. And we've just sort of forgone those and um, tried to add coffee in at the end instead to give us that. Hence uh, making something that's uh, sort of slightly confusing between the eye and the palate. <laughs> and are you happy with how it's turned out? I am, yeah. Um, it's, it's terrible. People sort of judging their own homebrew tend to be far too harsh on myself. Um, but I'd say it's, it's dried out a little bit, um, a little bit more than I was hoping. And um, you still get sort of a silkiness from the, from the rolled, rolled oats that were in there. And uh, for me personally, I would have liked to have added more coffee. I was a bit concerned that I'd uh, put too much coffee in and that it would overpower it. And I think I've gone the other way. But you guys were saying that it's, it's perfectly to your taste. Which is great. Well, it's perfectly to mine. I, I think I think it works for me as well. I'm yeah. I'm happy with it. It's it's not a hot bomb, but no. um, thank God. I, yeah, I didn't, it still tastes we, slightly we, like beer. Y- yeah, <laughs> it, tastes, it tastes exactly like which beer. Was the exactly like which was like what we were looking for. Um, so, can you just remind? Because people, obviously, everyone here listened to last week's show. Can yeah. you just remind people what hops we used and all that kind of stuff? I can. So we used Magnum for bittering, just because it's a great all-round bittering hop, and then it was mostly Cascade. Um, so a nice sort of fruity, sort of floral, not floral, just fruity, uh, American sea hop. And we put that in with about 20 minutes to go, just looking to get uh, that fruitiness in the middle, in the, in the middle palette, sort of the flavour rather than the aroma or the bitterness from that. Right. Now, I think it was the cascade that made you want to crawl into the hop fridge, wasn't it? Uh, it was just the, <laughs> the, the smell of hops that made me want to crawl into the hop freezer. Yeah. Just, just in general. It's a pretty epic freezer. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that was the highlight of my day. That was like a boy in a sweet shop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's let's open it up to the uh, to the audience who are all standing, um, drinking and sniffing and doing all sorts of things with the beer. Um, anybody want to lead in with some some thoughts about this evening's beer, or, or should I just pick someone? <laughs> Justin, a man never short of words. Um. <laughs> <laughs> also standing centre stage. Yeah, um, there's, there's a microphone coming to you, mate. You don't need to move. The walking pallet himself. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, um, I, actually, you can introduce yourself, Justin. <laughs> I think your listeners have heard enough of me, to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, yes, if you don't know already, um, my name's Justin Mason. You can find me on Twitter at 1970sboy. Um, 
Smelling this beer, it's got a really, it's got quite a, a dry, dry smell. There's a little bit of coffee on there, just a little bit. And I found some little resonance of um, orange oil and lemon oil on the aroma and in the taste before you get a stab of coffee in. But as I'm moving down, I'm finding a little bit of coffee grouts as well. Before, it's not enough coffee for me, sadly. Um, but yeah, I quite like that oiliness and the body is certainly there that you come to associate with the style because um, there's not a lot of white stouts that I can say that I can have as frame of reference, but they've all got that oily character um, and that nice body. And it's certainly there. There's that little stab of coffee, but yeah, more coffee would have been appreciated, yeah. I think, there. Um, so yeah, the, finding out how much coffee to put in was an interesting one. Because if you go online, um, which I usually do for reference, um, the closest, like the, the best advice I could find was that loads of people have tried lots of different amounts and they've all been good. <laughs> that was kind of the most I had to go on. And in this one, um, for anybody interested, it, I put 80 grams of coffee grounds into a litre of water. That was the ratio anyway, I did a little bit more than that. Um, and then there was 250 mils of that cold pressed coffee that had been cold pressed for about sort of 36 hours uh, into about 30 litres of beer. And yeah, I would, I would personally put more in next time as well. Just to give it sort of a bit more, bit more of that oomph, and kind of sort of uh, trick the palate into thinking there's a bit more body there as well. Yeah, I think you'd pick up more on the nose, and that would be that would fool you a little bit more. I yeah. think that would that would do it for me. Anyone okay. else? Thank, thanks, Ooh. Justin. I'd, 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 uh, do you yeah. want to have another go? No, no. I was just going to say um, <laughs> I actually wanted you to go in the direction you were going there because um, <laughs> you were about to pass to Andy Parker, and we did consult with Andy Parker on the ingredients for. For, for this um, particular beer, so I'm, I'm quite keen to get Andy's views on it as well. And I'm keen to get rid of the microphone, so there you go. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Andy. Hi, Hi Andy. It's good to be back on the show. I think it's my fourth time, not quite as many as Justin. You get a badge soon. Heading that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the um, I'm interested to know about the coffee that went into it, because I think the uh, maybe some of that sort of fruitiness you get on the nose might be actually from the, the coffee. Um I've completely forgotten what coffee went into it. Um, <laughs> it was Monmouth coffee, and it was a dark roast. Um, when I first looked into it, I thought I'd get the lightest roast that I could um, to not affect the colour very much. But then I looked into it in a bit more detail, and if you get the darker roast, because you're only putting a little bit in, it doesn't actually affect the colour so much. So the roastier it is, the more roastiness you're going to get out of it. Um, so I think it was Guatemalan. I'm not sure. I definitely should have checked. Yeah, I think maybe. I imagine it's quite a fruity sort of, sort of yeah. coffee, and that that comes through. And I think the um, that with the sort of lemon that, that, that Justin mentioned. When I when I smelt it, I thought it smells like a wheat beer, almost like a um, or a white IPA, which is quite trendy at the moment. But a kind of IPA style with with uh, fermented with wheat yeast. But then that all kind of disappears when you taste it. And actually, um, the coffee comes through for me right at the end. And I think it's quite a good amount of coffee because. Although maybe with the stout you wanted more of that roastiness, this actually comes together really well because it's not there's not too much of one thing dominating. It's just a well balanced, well rounded beer, and right at the end you get a nice sort of uh, finish of coffee. And uh, yeah, I think it's really good. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's a uh, that's nice coming from you, Andy. It really is. It's a <laughs> it's a real compliment. Um, and I think the gentleman in here did did you have a question, sir? Must must apologise. I don't know who you are. My name's Gareth. Hi, hi, Gareth. Welcome to the Beer O'Clock Show. Thank you very much. 
Um, the first thing I thought when I drank it was, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to like create a um, Oktoberfest myself in like a, a basement recently, like as a homebrew project. And this has come out like very similar to it in some of the ways, like in terms of it having a very crisp taste, in terms of it being like quite on the sweet side, uh, on it relying mostly on the malt for body rather than on the hops. Uh, so I was really surprised when you said you put was it Cascade mm-hmm. on top because I like actually when I was drinking that I thought like there was just going to be some very weak sort of German European hops in there I wasn't expecting Cascade to be in there but I'd be really interested to hear what kind of yeast you used because by the tastes of it it doesn't have a very high attenuation mm-hmm. it sounds like it's like it feels like it's left a lot of sugars in there. Um, which is is really tasty, but I imagine if you guys went for something like a bit more aggressive, you could get much sort of sharper, um, drier taste to it that mm-hmm. would you know just complement the coffee bitterness that you're trying to go for. So I'd be really interested in what yeast you used. Yes, it was that classic. It was uh, actually USO five, the right. old workhorse. <laughs> yeah, um, the cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, we used that because um, we wanted. The um, sort of we, we didn't want a lot of character from the yeast, and it's a, it's a great go-to yeast for that sort of thing. Mm. I mean, if you're not looking for a yeast to support the hops or support the malt base, then USO5 will just ferment nice and clean. Um, in terms of like the residual sweetness, that's kind of what we were what we were going for. So we mashed it quite high, uh, about 68 degrees, and there was just there was quite a lot of carapils and rolled oats and stuff like that, um, stuff that we'd chosen to put in because it wouldn't attenuate out um, to maintain that body. And then, yeah, that's another reason why I think there should be a little bit more coffee in it, because I think it's it's on the sweet side um, mm. and being a little bit further towards the sort of bitter end with extra added coffee, I think would have uh, created um, a balance more suitable to my tastes, really. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll move on, I think, to, to, to the next beer now, shall we? I think so, yeah. Since, since we've got a few to get through this evening and we, we, we need to... To, to start getting through these tastings. Yeah, so this is from a local brewery. It's a beer called Beatnik. It's a 3.8% pale. And the brewery is Gypsy Hill. So what do you know about this about this beer, mate? Have you, have you tried this? I, I haven't. I, I know very little uh, <laughs> about the beer or, or, or the brewery, but we're going to um, we'll rectify that shortly. Yeah. Um, but no, it's um, obviously part of what we wanted to do this evening when we... Um, decided we were going to do something with hot bones and black was to to have a bit of a focus on the the brewing scene in southeast London as well at the moment. So rather than it just being us talking about how great our beer was uh, at the beginning, which clearly everybody in the room thinks it it was an amazing beer, um, and we'll be checking the untapped check-ins later on and looking for fours and fives. Um, but um, it was also to focus on what's going on locally here. So, mm-hmm. so, so Gypsy Hill are um, one of the local breweries. Um, certainly all of the times that I've visited Hotburns and Black, they've always been on the flag and feel. Um, I, I understand they're a popular um, feel for people uh, and, and they're on again this evening. They're on tonight. They, so they are on everyone tonight. make sure you get a flag in before you go home. Yep. And that, that's, that, that's the beer that we're trying this evening. Right, so, cool. Um, shall, Does shall everyone have a glass? Is that fun? Come All on. good. Okay. Let's Cheers, go. guys. Cheers. It's got a lovely nose on it. it. Yeah, it's um, it just works really well. It's at at three point eight percent. It's exactly what you're kind of looking for, in in a nice refreshing parallel. Um, it it comes through. The flavors come through. A little bit of sharpness in there. A little bit of citrus there. Hint of bitter on the on the finish. Yeah, the hops are more present than you would expect from a three point eight. Really. Yeah. 
on a pale anyway. It, well, it hides its AV, ABV very well, 3.8%, yeah. but feels feels bigger than that. It sounds a bit, yeah, it tastes a bit beefier, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Nice and refreshing on the palate. Like you're saying, it's got that bitterness on the end. Yep. Lovely hop flavours coming through. So we'll get people's views on this one first, and, and then we'll do the interview with Charlie um, okay. a, about the beer and the brewery. So, cool. And anybody want to share some thoughts on um, the Gypsy Hill Beatnik? Hi, guys. Hi, Andrew. Would you like to just, yeah, yeah, just you introduce yourself? A little plug. God, yeah, yeah. You've been on the show a few times as well uh, now. Twice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The last lock-in was uh, fairly lively, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Well, a lot of people have said that. Yeah, trying to get a word in edgeways was, uh, was quite a challenge. Um, I'm probably not going to steal your thunder and, and, and tell everybody about your kind of USP, but um, these guys make great drinkable beers, right? Um, Absolutely. And always well executed. And uh, I think the thing that I'm noticing most about this compared to the other one is just the kind of, I don't know if it's the toasty, the bready type notes and it really came through strongly but um i could drink this all night um excellent um i'm not sure i can say anything else okay no. i need to drink some more <laughs> no thank you drink drink the beer enjoy the beer please do um i'm just wondering if um we've also got someone else here that hasn't spoken yet um if if, if peter <laughs> is 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 going to say a few words this evening um my favorite beard is it this this is a beard to die you, for. Um, you may need a translator. Yeah. Oh, you, come on, I you, can handle that. I can speak you, Scottish. You've you've been on before, so don't do the Scottish accent. I not should. not live. No, go on, go on. <laughs> You're going to see anything for us, Peter? That's that's clearly Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's north somewhere, isn't it? Um, what what strikes me about this uh, this beer the most is um, the finish, um, the aftertaste. It stays with you. It's quite lingering or something. It's at the back of my not the back of my throat, but it's on my tongue. It's sitting there, it's dry and bitter, um, which has me want to dive back in. And I'm, not to knock your beer, but it's a nice um, change. Um, it's different. It's obviously very different. Um, your beer was very nice. In fact, got better as it got warmer. Um, I noticed the coffee a bit more as it, as it got warmer. Um, so I wouldn't have it. If I had it again, I wouldn't have it quite so chilled. But... Um, but yeah, but this is um, this is very agreeable. Also, um, I can call Andrew. I could quite happily be on this for a significant number of hours, um, sat in a beer garden, and eventually um, possibly lying down in that same beer garden. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty much the ultimate session beer, isn't it? At, at, at three point eight percent, you could drink this all day long, and it will feel like you're getting your money's worth as well. Oh yeah, because it tastes like. A beer that's a little bit weightier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we've got the owner coming in from from Gypsy Hill, um, Charlie, who's going to talk to us about the, the the beer and the brewery. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Thanks very much. Um, let's just start off. Just just tell us a little bit of the background to, to Gypsy Hill Brewery. Yeah, so Gypsy Hill, <coughs> our USP, if you like, is we're trying to make um, beers. I was pleased one of you said it actually that sort of belie their ABV a bit. So we think there's. It's, it's a challenge to make beers that are quite tasty, but while still quite low strength. And it's a we don't think there's we didn't think there were enough of those, enough of those beers around, so we really wanted to do that. And it's it is actually quite it took a lot of beer going down a drain for us to get there, but we we you know that we we hope we're rising to that challenge. Um, so you know we've got three core beers at the moment. We've got the one you're drinking now, beating it. We've got Southpaw, but both of those sell about as much as much as each other. And we've got Dissident, our um, our porter, which is actually a bit stronger, four point eight. Um, but that's Basically, about as, as strong as we go with our with our core range. So, 
tasty sort of low ABV beers are. Loads of mid ABV mm-hmm. beers are our thing. So what did you say the ABV of the distant was? 4.8. Yeah, it's pretty decent for a quarter. Okay, and in, in terms of the brewery, you've not been around that long, have you? No, no, we're about to have our first birthday of, of brewing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so where did the um, where, where did the original idea come from? I suppose to to, to start a brewery. Uh, I I badly wanted to do any other job than the ones I've been doing for years, <laughs> um, and was a home brewer only for about two or three years, um, but really really enjoyed it and wanted to see if I could brew on a on a commercial scale. Saw the breweries opening, thought yeah, every guy's dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, went to work in Five Points Brewery for a year. Um, it was a fantastic time to be working with them because they just been they just started, so I got to, got to see all the sort of things that a startup brewery has to go go through. Um, drew a lot of influence from them. Yeah, I was very focused on having sort of a relatively small number of beers for the first year or two, sort of keeping those consistent, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so yeah, started up about a year ago, and it's been a tough old year, but it's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, there's three of us running it, and. Uh, yeah. And and so as you said earlier, you've got a few beers in the core range, um, the Beatnik being one of them. Um, what was the, uh, I suppose, the inspiration behind this particular beer? So we, Southpool, our, our Amber, was very much our flag, flagship because it was the first beer around, and it was, it was all we were selling for quite a long time. But we felt that if if, if sort of low to mid strength was going to be mostly what we were doing, um, you know, and every brewery needs a pale ale quite early on, right? Um, that yeah, that our first pound should be a bit lower strength. So we wanted to, we thought three three point six, three point eight was going to be about our range, um, and just packing as much flavour into that as possible. I think that the challenge for us from from the beginning was getting malt flavour into it, which is what a lot of pails at that strength sort of failed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're pleased. I, mean, I was pleased to, pleased to hear some people saying tonight that it's got malt flavour because it's it has, and it was yeah, we were we were very, we were very pleased to achieve that. Lovely hop flavours on the bird yeah. as well. Okay, so we've we've got a question from the audience, um, Mr. Parker. Um, actually, I was gonna. We talked about the, the the white stout and getting the roastiness into that, and talking about malt. I think maybe this is a bit left field, but if I were to taste his blindfold, I I think it was a dark beer. Really? Because the um, the nose to me is is really toasty. Um, maybe there might be an element of hop in there, but uh, the, the, it's really bitter. Uh, which I love in a, in a, a session strength beer, something mm. that, that tests your, your palate a little bit. But I think if I was tasting this blindfold and just sniffed and tasted it, I might think it was actually a dark beer because of the malt character and the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> um, actually, bitterness is, is sort of sort of become our hallmark, well, certainly our hallmark of the first three beers because the dissident for a porter is actually quite bitter. Um, Southpaw is reasonably bitter as well. So um, I think bitter beers are our thing <laughs> at the moment anyway. Bitter low ABV yeah. beers, it's, but it's also it's, it's it's your friend, you know, the the, the flavours or the mouthfeel or whatever that you, that you can work with at a low ABV. You know, bitterness is one of them. Isn't it? You wouldn't want to make all your beers overly bitter just just because that's something that you can do with a little bit. You know, it's you you've got to sort of take what you can get when you're when you're not chucking loads and loads of malt and you know into your into your into your beer. Cool. Are there any other questions from anyone in the audience? Yep, Gareth. I was just thinking about it, and in terms of like, if, if you wanted to describe to someone what the difference is between a, a pale ale and an IPA, uh, it would be a great beer to give them. Like, it, it really does just define what a pale ale is as opposed to an IPA. Like, you haven't dumped a load of like aromatic hops on the top of it. Like, it's not just some kind of 
like twee sort of um i don't know oh it's got a lot of fruity uh, flavors it's uh, definitely got a bouquet to it it's actually like got some body to it it's got some complexity to it and it's not relying on a high abv in order to make it something interesting mm -hmm. it's actually like a very well balanced bitter beer which is actually quite hard to pull off so it's yeah it's really satisfying for that reason thanks okay charlie so so tell us what's next for gypsy hill well uh recently we did a collaboration with kent brewery who we have a great relationship with them the yuzu that's one on the shelf it has been really popular um whether we do more collaborations with with them or anyone else or or um or just more short runs of things you know obviously we've started for a long time we've doing just you know just three beers trying to get that core range down um, yeah, this was such a fun experience for us that we really want to do some more uh, specials, I suppose, if you like, whether they're collabs or not. Um, so, yeah, there's 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 one um, special which we're going to be putting out in the next few weeks, actually, um, in a similar sort of vein to this one. And um, we're going to be adding to our core range with a higher strength pale, most likely, in about two months, hopefully. It's been, we've been putting it back every month for, for a while, but yeah. Yeah, so that's those are the next two things that are happening, and there might be you know, something for the Windsor as well, but yeah, trying to keep it relatively simple for now. Okay, and you've also just started putting your beers in cans as well? Yeah, so um, that was sort of, you know, to have a bit of fun, um, also because our bottling machine is um, not very good. It's the first time I've not sworn about it when I spoke about it. And um, we're, just, we're just struggling to meet demand, uh, bottle demand, so... You know, with the mobile canning guys, they'll come to you and they'll suddenly just put a whole batch into into cans. You can suddenly you suddenly get a lot of stock. So it was, you know, suddenly we aren't for the people that are happy to take cans instead of bottles. You know, suddenly we're able to respond to the demand a bit better. Um, but we're getting a, a proper bottling machine soon, so we're probably the, the the cans thing is probably going to be a relatively sort of short run of things that we do. Okay. Yeah. And um, where where can people find out more uh, about Gypsy Hill? Uh, GypsyHillBrewing.com is our website. Uh, we're at Gypsy Hill Brew, I think, on Twitter. Uh, and we're open every Saturday afternoon, uh, 1 till 6, if you want to come down for a drink at the bar. Okay, brilliant. Well, well thanks for being on the show, Charlie. Thank thanks for uh, sharing your beer with us as well. It's been a, a very enjoyable beer um, to drink this evening. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. And do you have any final thoughts on on the beatnik from Gypsy Hill mate. Um, just just really really easy to drink it, it's it's just a beer that I'd be quite happy to drink all day long yeah agreed and it's here in Cairns tonight ladies and gentlemen in the South Pole and Distant are available in bottles <laughs> right we're going to take a little bit of a break now yep. um, so if you need if you need a wee wee please please partake oh, of some services. fresh air or oh. some fresh air if that's what you want um, yeah so we'll see you back in how long you're the boss if, if we say five, people will be back in ten. Okay, ten minutes. So. Be back in five. No. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Yeah. And we're back from our little break. Hello, Steve. Hello, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we're still here at Hotburns of Black, and we've got one more beer to get through. But before we get to that little beer, we have a ch chat to have. We do. With, with, with a young lady from a shop called Hot Burns and Black. We, we, we are. Um, so as, as we've made 
uh, mention of many times. Tonight's show is being recorded in Hotburns and Black in South London, to which we are very grateful to, to the owners, Jen and Glenn, for allowing us to take over their shop this evening to record the live podcast. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, we thought we'd take this opportunity to share with the beery world the greatness that is Hotburns and Black, um, and by just, just asking them a few questions. So, Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, firstly, um, why set up a shop in South London? Uh, very biased. We live two minutes around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we, we kind of got sick of going north of the river to get good beer. So we thought, why not? We saw this place come up and we thought this would be a fantastic place to have a beer shop. And so it has proved. Okay. And it's not just a beer shop, is it? Because the hop, the burns and the black all relate to something different in the title, don't they? They do indeed. So the hop, obviously, you, you'll know about already. The burns, we have a big wall of uh, chilli hot sauces at the back of the shop, and the black is vinyl records. So, yeah, it makes sense to us, and luckily it makes sense to a few other people as well. So <laughs> we call it so it's the three greatest obsessions. Excellent. And um, so just tell us about the, because the beer selection you have here is is simply stunning. Um, the, the, the shelves are literally floor to ceiling, um, stocked with some of the best beers that you're going to get in this corner of London, stocked with some of the best beers you're going to get in London, some of the best beers from England. You've got American beers, you've got New Zealand beers, you specialise in New Zealand beers as well. Um, there might be a reason for that. We do have a slight bias, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> um, but... How did you go about bringing this such a range of beers together into one place? We had to drink a lot of beer, um, <laughs> which was hard, as you'd such imagine. Such hard work. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we, we had a clear idea. We, we knew the breweries we loved. We, you know, we certainly knew the ones we definitely wanted to have. Um, yeah, we, we loved Buxton. We loved Siren. We loved Wild Beer. You know, there's those ones we just knew we wanted to <clears throat> have a lot. You'll, I mean, you'll see Siren at the moment. We've got something like 13 different Siren brews. Um, and then, yeah, as it, obviously when you start doing beer full time, you start realizing, um, there's lots of good breweries out there. There's a few bad ones as well. But, um, yeah, there's, there's so many amazing breweries to, um, to try and cover. And I think, you know, just, just today actually try, you know, with uh, deliveries on Wednesdays and Thursdays, always crazy days. Um, trying to actually fit everything on shelf has been a bit of a, Bit of a nightmare, really, because there's, there's a whole ton of stuff still in the basement that we don't have room for on shelf. Um, there's just, you know, too many beers, not enough time. That's, I, th I think we can all relate to that one. Um, so, in addition to the, the the beers that you've got stocked on your shelves and overflowing downstairs as well, you've got this wonderful machine on your counter here, the Flagon Fill. Um, tell us about that. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, others may know it as, as a growler filler. Um, we're you know, polite down in Antipodes. It means something quite different down there. We'll have no growlers around here. Thank That's you very much. Right. <laughs> That's Glenn, my partner in crime. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we just decided to call them flagons. It's the, the, the wonderful Pegasus craft, craft tap, which you'll see, I think, popping up in many beer shops across the country now. Um, it's hugely popular. Um, I think Glenn, my partner here, spends pretty much all day Saturday just running the machine. Um, and it's a great opportunity to just have um, you know, wonderfully fresh beer um, in, in, a, in a litre format. Okay, so um, where can, obviously we've said you're in South London, you're kind of halfway between Peckham and East Dulwich. How do people get here? How do people find out about you, what your opening hours? Yeah, we're open every day apart from Monday, although that may change in the future if we, we can uh, be bothered to, to open up a, a seventh day in the week. Um, but yeah, you can go to hotburnsblack.co.uk. Um, the best way to find us, come to Peckham Rye Station and, and get on a bus or do a nice little 12-minute walk through the, uh, the streets of Peckham. It's not as bad as people would have you believe. <laughs> uh, it's actually quite nice these days. 
It was a nice little, um, like, um, beer. You know, you've got the Bermondsey beer mile, but now you've got another beer kind of trek that you can do around these parts as well, which includes um, the, the, the beer shop in Nunhead. Um, you've got um, Brick Brewery underneath uh, Peckham Rice Station. Um, we've also got the uh, the Flying uh, flying Pig just at the end of the shops here as well, which has um, been forging ahead with craft beer in East Dulwich for, for much longer than we have as well. And Four Quarters, which is the um, uh, vintage arcade games bar down on Rye Lane, who uh, do a wonderful thing, I think, on Thursday nights, I believe, called Beat the Brewer, where you can go down and uh, take on a brewer uh, on the on the machines. Oh, so it's only on the machines, it's not physically beating a brewer. Well, I haven't stayed there late enough. It may well go to that later on, I don't okay. know. Some kind of like battle royale late at night. <laughs> well, well, listen, thank you for hosting us again this evening. We do really appreciate it. It's been a great experience here. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, what's next? Hot Topic! <laughs> still haven't got a theme tune no, for No, st- we've still not got a theme tune for Hot Topic. So we've got a we, bit we, of... we don't know if this is going to stay in the show or not, <laughs> e- either. We've got a Hot Topic for people to talk about. Haven't we? We 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 have. We we thought we'd try Hot Topic live to to see to see whether the crowd wants to get involved in this or or, or not. So this this might um might end up in the final edit. It <laughs> might not. Um, in, in which case we'll need to edit this bit out as well. Um, yeah. So tonight's Hot Topic is um untapped. Is it a good thing or is it the scourge of the brewing industry? Um, <laughs> what do you think? Well, I quite like Untapped because you get badges, <laughs> and that's about it. I don't, I don't. I follow lots of people. Lots of people follow me because, obviously, I'm a celebrity in the beer world. Clearly, um, I don't look at what they're drinking. You know, if by chance I see someone drinking something, I might toast it. But for me, it's all about badges, um, and all about the retweets of my check-in. That's about it. I know some people don't like it at all. Including our our friend Sam, beer talkers. <laughs> what do you think about it? Um, what well, I I like the badges. Um, <laughs> I, have to, I have to say it's it's probably one of the things that keeps me going back to it. Um, there are probably a lot of features in there that I've not even tapped into. Um, and, and used. Um, I know you can use it to find beers that are local to you, to Doesn't find people work. that are local, local to you as Doesn't well. They, they, they don't work. Yeah, shit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's all about the badges then. It's all about it's, the badges. It's, it's all about, it's all about the numbers. Um, I just, uh, the, I suppose from the point of view of doing the show, um, it's quite useful sometimes because you can go back to beers as a point of reference if you've drunk them before. You can find out if they've drunk before. And recently I've been going and I've been finding out that there are beers that I've drunk before that I've never thought I never drunk and get quite disappointed when you see that little blue tick in the corner um, but I, I use it it's quite useful as kind of a, a way to just to keep track of the beers that you're drinking um, shall we open it up to the audience and see what the audience think about Untapped? yeah because there are quite some contentious opinions in the world and, uh, <laughs> and, and Mr Parker himself straight in not... straight in the air <laughs> hello yes I'm a self-confessed Untapped user but I've got a great quote for you uh, it was from the guys at roosters i can't remember if it was tom or Earl, but one of the the, the two brewers uh one of the brewery team at roosters um 
said, I like Untapped. There's no better way of finding out how shit a, shit a job I'm doing at six o'clock on a Monday morning. Um, <laughs> which, um, which I think was one of, uh, maybe Boku and Bailey's tweets of the year. Uh, they did their review, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it, I guess as a brewer, it can be a bit of a kick in the, you know, the sorbits. Um, when you read something about a beer that, uh, you've put your heart and soul into and somebody goes, you know, it's rubbish. Have you um, ever rated a beer low and then had the brewer contact you? about your rating on Untapped. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and me. Uh, <laughs> I have. It was, a, it was at a beer festival, actually. Um, I checked a beer in, and I got a particular off-flavour in it. Um, and I mentioned the off-flavour in the check-in. Uh, and I had a, a DM saying, well, I, I drunk from that exact same cask. Um, can you give me a ring? And yeah, so that was a, a weird outcome. But it was quite, you know, it was... Your brewer was interested in the feedback, and and it was it was fine. Um, it was just a good open discussion in the end. There was no yeah. malice, like what are you doing? Yeah, you know, that's my beer. Um, the other fun thing with with Untapped is um, maybe the state people are in when they add a beer to Untap. Like if you look at rate beer, they take the moderation very seriously. Um, everything's categorised correctly. They'll check with the brewer on the style on everything else. Untapped's a complete free for all. Uh, there are there is a moderation team that obviously do do some work but the beer i brewed with siren uh dinner for one two three four five six um is a vienna paleo paleo with vienna malt but three of the variants are on untapped as vienna lager and you read comments going oh this is a really weird lager another saying <laughs> cask lager wow this is really interesting <laughs> and it's none of those things and and that's that's quite amusing <laughs> but um personally i like it as an aid memoir because i'm really old and uh, I can't remember what the hell I've drunk, so I'd, I'd tap things in as I drink mm-hmm. them, and then I can remember what I had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Hey. Justin. I'm a list person, so for me, untapped is invaluable, really. I've got books going back to the year dot of beers that I've drunk. Um, so for me, to be able to record them and not have to carry a book around with me, and I've got my phone in my pocket, is pretty much invaluable. Um, I like to look at what I've drunk. What I don't like is when people rate beers without giving an explanation about why they've done it. I think it's a good idea to put some flavours you get in, why you liked it, and probably even just where, where you were drinking it. I know it shows up on where you were drinking it, but why, what sort of mood you're in, what you've had to drink before is always important. So flight is always important when with things like that. Just to put, this is a three beer and leave it, well, why? Why is that? And what makes a beer a five? I do that all and the what time, flavors? Justin. I'm looking at you now. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You're the person I'm looking at. Just put a description on there, why it is. And I think that's that helps brewers as well. Um, I've had brewers contact me and say, I really didn't know that. Um, I've had brewers contact me and say, great, I hadn't picked out that flavour till I tasted it again. And we're going to add that to our tasting notes, which is lovely. I mean, I've really, really appreciated that. Um, and those sort of things, I think, are important. Just to, if you're gonna, if you're gonna rate it, why are you rating it? Otherwise, just log it. Yeah. Because there's not really much point otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think Jen had her hand up. She did. I haven't had the microphone enough. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, from from the point of view, from a from a, from a beer shop owner's perspective, um, it's it's really helpful. I mean, we we get faced with you know the choice of, of hundreds and hundreds of beers every week, and while we would like to take 
most of them in many cases. Um, sometimes, you know, you look at the shelves, we've only got so much space. So we'll often go to untapped and see, you know, look at the, the general rating, but also go in and think, okay, well, what's Justin Mason thought of this beer? What's Andy Parker thought of this beer? And that really helps us to make decisions on, on what beers we, we stock. And obviously we try to drink, drink as many as we can, but there's only so much a girl can do. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really, really helpful thing for, for us as, as a business. Uh, it's the choice of being on a busy road. <laughs> um, but also, it's it's uh, like all social media. It just shows you what you're missing out on, uh, <laughs> you know. And it's always the generally the better side of life that people are uh, are showing off, and generally drinking's a um, a good time. But yeah, it just shows you all the beers that you're missing out on. That's, that's my thought. Uh, sort of on that note, um, I could say that Untapped's one of the reasons I actually got into beer. And I'll tell you why is when it first came out, there was myself and two of my friends were on it and two of us were in the pub and one of them was at work. So we were just checking in all our beers and taking silly photos of ourselves, just basically to rip him for being at work. And then we discovered that you get badges from it as well. So it became a race to get badges, which obviously made us drink lots and lots of different bits because everybody loves badges. Um, I can't say I use it very much anymore um, just because <laughs> we call it drink unsociably because you get a pint and then you sort of stare at your phone for about five, ten minutes. Um, but in the early days, yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons why I got into it, was just ribbing a friend of mine who was at work when he should have been in the pipe. <laughs> and I just remember that the un- untapped is the reason we're doing this, this podcast, because I used to see you tapping your beers in all the time. It is. And I thought is, I wanted yep. badges. Yep, you wanted the badges, you yeah. wanted the badges that I was getting, and yep. you wanted to be involved in... In, yeah. in that, so we've so, got Untapped to thank for this as well. Indeed. Well, I think that's an overwhelming, resounding yes in favour of Untapped from the, the audience tonight. So it'll be interesting to see what the listeners think in in terms of this. So um, use the hashtag Hop Topic and and let us know whether you think Untapped is a good or a bad thing, and the reasons why. Of course, don't just in, as as Justin said, don't just tell us that it's good or bad. Tell us the reasons why as as well. <laughs> Otherwise, this 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 segment just doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> Right, I think it's time for our next beer. I, well, it's it's time for our next drink. Um, <laughs> and there it is. Um, it, it's time for our next drink. So I, I think before we actually get into drinking this one, um, let's actually pull the, the person responsible for it up and let's, let's ask some questions. Okay. So we've got Tom from Gosnells. He's walking up to the microphone now. <laughs> Now, Hi there. now the drink we're doing tonight, mate. Yeah, it's not a beer. It's not a beer, no. Not a beer. So what? So it's a mead. It's a mead. So have you either of you had mead before? No, no. So mead is uh, well, the oldest alcoholic drink. It's brewed from honey, so it's honey and water, and then we've pitched a lager yeast into it, uh, and that does the work on the sugars in the honey. Okay, so the brewery's name is Gosnells. Yeah, which is my surname. So don't yes. overthink these things. No, um, it's called London Mead. Yep. And now, are you, are you guys South London? Yeah, we're just around the corner, actually, with like a 10-minute walk. Okay, yeah. well, that's nice and easy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so this is 5.5% ABV. It is a mead. And shall we just get into it, mate? I, th- I think now we've had a brief introduction. Let's have a little bit of the beer, and then we'll come back and ask Tom some, Tom some more Indeed. questions, yeah? Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. That's nice, that is. It's sweet. <laughs> well, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> sweet. Um, but it's, it's really refreshing as well. It just... Um, just cuts through whatever's in there. Slightly white winey. Yeah, I got, sweetness I from the that honey. From the aroma, actually, that I was getting off. It was like there's a little bit of white wine going on in there. And a bit sticky. Really nice. Yeah. 
for those of you that normally listen to the show, you don't hear this bit. This is normally <laughs> edit, edited out where we're just sitting around thinking what we're going to say about it. So is this when we're allowed to say this is fucking brilliant? You can say, um, you can say it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yes. yeah, you can, you can say that. We, we kind of... Um, we don't expect children to be listening to a podcast about beer, no. re- really. So we we, we don't d- generally. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I can't actually play the ones that you I've been on because you swore it every single. You shouldn't. Time. Uh, me? <laughs> yes. have, you, have you heard yourself? You, sh- you shouldn't play any of them, mate. Well, once you've started, it was for me not to continue. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> So, so just just while we're thinking about um, the, the flavours that are going on in here, because it's a, it's an explosion of flavours in the mouth. It really is. Um, let's, Can I just let's say before we start, my wife is nodding enthusiastically, and she hates beer. So. <laughs> I was, I was say, well, may, maybe we should go to your wife first for some some, some thoughts on this one on on the microphone. <laughs> Come on, Beverly. Thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing, and I want to know if it's on sale because I need to take some home. Yes, fucking gorgeous. I, re- I, I, please don't hit me or punch me on the way up. I don't drink beer. I'm a spirits drinker and a cider drinker. This is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, and I want more. So, okay. you've got your wallet. So I do have my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bev. And any other thoughts? I know. I, th- I think Gareth had some foot thoughts again. We got, we got Phil down the back. Hello, Hi. Phil. As, as an actual mead drinker. Um, what made you dis- decide to, to try brewing this instead of fermenting it like the wine style means that you So I think it was looking at what would appeal to people. So for me, I've had a lot of meads that are really strong, that take a long time to age, that um, often aren't as well balanced as they should be. So it's quite hard to know with the honey going in what you're going to get out. So it can either be awesome, and you can lay it down for like a year, two years, and it'd be amazing and sort of 15%, or it can be kind of hit and miss. Um, I think at, when you brew it sort of at five and a half percent using a lager yeast, it's, the lager yeast is really well behaved. The honey we use is pretty consistent. We use a Spanish orange blossom honey, so it tastes the same each time, or broadly the same as much as you can. Uh, it means you, you get, kind of get a consistent product out of it. And so you can, when you tweak it, you know what you're going to get. There's a lot more kind of response. Yeah, it behaves well, basically. Yeah, I mean, as as a summer summertime drink, that would definitely be a go-to for me. That's that's really lovely. Yeah, very 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 light, very refreshing. It's yeah. I mean, I've I've been sitting here supping that while you've been chatting, and I'm <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. That's I, I was um I'd say I was fairly apprehensive about d- doing a mead on this evening's show. Um, I, I've got to say because I I kind of looked at it, and I was like, honey, mm. um, but actually it works really well. It's all the yeah. I think we should to dry it out well. a lot. So when you get the the honey flavour coming through, you should get the actual flavour of the honey rather than just the raw sweetness you get. So hopefully it's a little bit drier than one might expect. Okay, so, so Gareth, you had some thoughts? There we go. Uh, more than just profanities. Um, <laughs> uh, where, was honey the only fermentable used? Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, honey, water and a lot of yeast. And uh, in terms of flavourings, it was herbs rather than hops? So there's no other flavourings in there. So what we do is uh, we actually, it's a little bit different to um, how you'd make a beer. So we actually stop the primary fermentation short. So it gives it that residual sweetness. So what we do is we bottle it during the primary fermentation, leave it for another 24 hours, just get a little bit of effervescence. So it's not super, super fizzy. Uh, and then we pasteurise the whole bottle. How so do you encourage the dryness? Because it's surprisingly dry for something that has so much residual sugar in it. 
So we just, I mean, that's just the, I think it's the, it's the pills that used to be used. It gives it a, that nice sort of crunch at the end. Um, so to balance out the sweetness of the start of the palate. Great. Okay. Okay. Andrew? Thanks, agree. It's delicious and very different contrast to what we've had already for obvious reasons. I've got a question. It's got acidity in it. Um, how? So we do have to add a little bit of uh, tartaric acid, so a little bit like uh, so grape acid, basically, into it, just to keep the yeast happy, because otherwise the yeast doesn't really get on that sort of... No, and it needs fish. it. It needs yeah. it, right? It needs otherwise it's just going to be a cloying, just, um, yeah, exactly. yeah, cloying sweet sugar. And it's, not, um, it's only 5.5%, so it doesn't have the... It wouldn't have the body like without the, some of the acid. It tastes great. So, so, so Tom, this, is, is this the only mead that you do at the moment? Or do yeah, you so a... basically we've been concentrating on this one product because, as you say, neither of you two have had mead. Most people haven't had mead. It's it's quite hard to do an education job on the varietal styles of mead. We just sort of went, went out with there with one, uh, and it's been going really well. We've got we've just opened up a tap room, and we're playing about with some other flavours on top of it. So using this as kind of a base recipe and then adding in um, some other herbs and spices and fruits, uh, and also looking at playing with the ABV a bit. We've been trying to develop a more traditional style that's a bit more like wine. We're still kind of getting there with that one. Okay. And um, where, where can people get hold of this? So we're just serving in bottles at the moment. So we're kind of available broadly across the south, south and east of London. Um, sort of independent bottle shops, that kind of thing. Um, all the stock is still on our website. What we're looking at this month is we're trying to crack the kegs product. So if we get this on kegs, I think we, yeah, we could open up a whole world of new opportunities which would be really good cool well it's unlike any beer either maybe because it's not beer (laughs) (laughs) this is any alcoholic beverage um i i loved it so yeah apparently i'm buying some bottles tonight so i'll be able to enjoy it again later okay are are there any final questions that anyone might have for 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 tom we've got justin just uh, as a, a person who brews beer like how do you know when it's finished so you take the specific gravity every day, or like probably three times a day, and then just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Just keep same, it as beer, same as beer, pretty much. Same as beer, yeah. yeah, yeah. So exactly. you don't ever get to the point where it's just fermenting really, really slowly. And no, so what we do is because we stop that primary fermentation, so it's kind of going full steam, and we bottle it whilst it's still primary fermenting, and then we stop it by pasteurising it in the bottle. So you kill the yeast. You kill the yeast. Gotcha. So you have to catch it at just the right point. Gotcha. And that's where the... So the skill isn't in the beginning of the process. This, the beginning of the process is just mixing some honey and water together it's in catching it at just the right point and knowing or judging how long it's going to take when how it's ready to drink when it's going to ready to drink yeah. when it's going to f- how much is how much fizz is going to be in the bottle that kind of thing that's kind of where it it's tricky yeah thanks i was wondering why i could get um some almost liquid crunchy at the end and that's because you've said you've added tartaric acid and yeah. i believe that to make honeycomb you add tartaric acid to honey Yes. Or sugar, yeah, yeah, really. Sugar, yeah. yeah, brown sugar, and you can yeah. do that up, yeah, like that. But I'm also, I don't know where it's also a suggestion, picking up a little bit of milk chocolate right at the end. No, you're dreaming. <laughs> there is where I'm getting it. So when I taste it, and I think that probably is psychological, to be honest, that <laughs> I think I'm, I'm having a crunchy. And I think that probably is what it is. Fair enough, yeah. But it's really very good. Thanks. Yeah, very, very good indeed. 
Well, we often speak about how at the Beer O'Clock Show we lead the way in, in the craft mm-hmm. beer industry. Brewdog are doing a mead, I hear. I, 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 I hear they are. Um, but now we're leading the way in the mead industry as well. Indeed. Um, I, I think we're probably the first that have covered uh, <laughs> the mead. Uh, a mead. Show. It's the mead o'clock show. I don't see it having a massive future. Um, <laughs> but maybe. Um, but yeah, um, Tom, thank you ever so yeah, much for, for sharing your beverage for us. Right. That was uh, really, really enjoyable. And I think we're heading towards the end now, aren't we, Steve? We are indeed, yes. So, obviously, this is one of our summer specials. We've got the new season starting soon. Yes, a couple of weeks. Tell um, the boys and girls a little bit about that. Okay, so season eight starts on Friday the 11th of September. We've got lots of great beers um, coming this season. You can check out the full beer list um, on the website, beeroclockshow.co.uk. Um, have a look at the beers that we're featuring um, and also the various um, people that are offering us discounts on those beers as well now. Yeah, and we've got some new branding coming in. We, we have. Um, you may have already seen some of this on, on Twitter because we've been teasing it a little bit. From, but from the 1st of September, we're going to be launching with a brand new brand. A brand new brand. Um, yep, it, we thought after three years now of, of our old Sunshine logo and branding, it was time to move on and, and update things a little bit. So we hope you um, keep an eye out for, for the new branding um, and let us know what you think of it. Yeah, so that will be on... The first episode in season eight is going to be carrying that branding, it as will well do. as everything else we do. Yep, Twitter profile from the first of September will be carrying a new brand, but you would have seen it because we are obviously going to tease it a little bit so that you can know what to look out for when you wake up on the first of September and you scroll through your feed looking for your beer o'clock show tweets. You're, you're looking for something different from the first of September. <laughs> And what's that other thing on your list there? The, the, the other thing is um, uh, next weekend um, is our next live lock-in, which oh if it was anything like the last one, should be uh, an interesting ride. Um, next one's being supported by Brewdog. Um, we're going to have, a, again, another crowd of people online drinking beers on a Saturday night. Hopefully this time no one will fall over and make an arse of themselves. Um, but yeah, so we've got lots coming up in, in, in the time between now and season eight. Cool. And I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it? It does indeed. Thanks very much to Jen and Glenn from Hot Burns and Black for Thank ho- you so hosting much. us this evening. An absolute pleasure. <laughs> and isn't this a great little beer shop? Just amazing. It's gorgeous. Um, right, so that's it. Shall I do the whole website shit? I think you should. Okay, you, you can find to, us online yeah. at beeroclockshow.co.uk, on Twitter at beeroclockshow, on Instagram at beeroclockshow, and untapped at beeroclockshow. Steve, I'm on untapped at beershowmark, and I'm on Twitter at beershowmark. So, until season eight, buddy. It's been the highlight of my summer. And mine. Bye-bye. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> Stand innovation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And we're clear.